The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Joining me live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Don't forget, you guys can catch the show on Twitter now. Uh, I think if you watch on Twitter, also, you can just throw the video up into the corner on your phone and then continue going about, you know, whatever else it is you do on your phone, you know, scrolling through Twitter or other social media. So, just another way to ingest the show. I thank you all for joining me. Today's Monday, October 11th, Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, depending on where you are in the country. So, you know, a lot of people think that Indigenous Peoples Day replaced Columbus Day because of, I guess, like the new kind of cancel culture phenomenon you could call it uh not true actually indigenous people's day has been around since the 1930s uh president franklin roosevelt instated it as a holiday to celebrate the cultures of the indigenous people who lived here before this country was inhabited by the europeans a lot of people not a big fan of christopher columbus you know he was credited for discovering america and, uh, you know, happened to bring along a lot of violence and disease and, and other bad things that spread across the country. So uh, they choose not to celebrate that. Uh, actually, I believe it was one of the Dakotas in 1989 that decided to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. So, you know, just a little history. I know you guys don't come here for that. And uh, I like to stay in my lane. I don't like to get uh, political or anything like that. But, you know, it just happens to be the day that I'm recording this show. More importantly, though, to me anyway, my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, Lisa. Her first birthday as a parent. So uh, that's an exciting time. Uh, I, I wish I was uh, up in New York to, to spend some time with my little baby niece who just turned four months old. Um, so happy birthday, sis, if you're listening, I don't think you are, but, uh, <laughs> in any case, we'll move on. Um, I'll be completely honest with you guys. I didn't, uh, I didn't catch, <laughs> yeah, it's Mark saying I'm bringing the facts today. I, I happen to not be drinking now, so maybe I'll actually remember some stuff, but it won't be fights because I didn't catch too many of them. Uh, I caught the main event. For the UFC and a few highlights, and I caught the boxing over the weekend. But truth be told, I was spending time with the family this weekend. Uh, surprise, surprise, on the road again. Uh, we went over to Orlando, did a few days at Disney World with the little one. Um, it's it's getting to be, you know, really cool. 
um, bringing my daughter to Disney because she's like aware of everything now and she knows where some of the rides are. Um, you know, I'm the kind of person I, I could, Disney doesn't do anything for me. I could take it or leave it, but it's really cool, uh, seeing her experience it and kind of like living it through her eyes and, and the excitement and everything like that. And, um, you know, it's good for parents too. You got to know how to do it the right way. Um, you know, when to get to the park and, you know, how to bring your own refreshments inside the park and also where some of the, the best adult beverages can be found uh, in the, in the parks respectively. I have a bone to pick with animal kingdom. Apparently during the pandemic, they decided to revamp their menu. Animal kingdom is a pretty cool park. You know, it's like a zoo and like a Disney themed uh, park. Uh, you know, they, they have some pretty good rides and things like that. But the thing I always looked forward to at animal kingdom was in the Tibet section which is in the very back of the park where they have a expedition Everest roller coaster where, you know, the roller coaster goes through like a Yeti's cave and stuff. So in Tibet in animal kingdom, they had a bar and uh, I always make my way back there, of course, because they would have golden monkey beer on draft and it, it's just something I look forward to, especially you go on like a hot day and the golden monkey is like kind of spicy, but really refreshing. Uh, and it's also 9% alcohol by volume. So, you know, if you're trying to survive a day at, at a Disney park, a 9% beer, no brainer, right? When they revamped the menu, they took it off. And... I can't remember the last time I was so disappointed. Um, oh, yes, I can. It was when I heard the news about John Jones two weeks ago. That's when I was so disappointed. But I don't remember the last time I was so disappointed about something so trivial as a beer. Uh, I did get tipped off by a Disney cast member. You know, you're not supposed to call them employees. They're all cast members, I guess, because they're all playing parts. Um, that they have the Golden Monkey in the Africa section of Animal Kingdom, which kind of threw off my plans a little bit because I wasn't planning to make it to that side of the park so earlier in the day, but I booked it over there. You can get the Golden Monkey beer in a bottle. You know, of course, draft is always preferable, but at least they didn't get rid of it completely. But if anybody who is a representative of Disney or more specifically Animal Kingdom and who makes the decisions about the menu, the people want the Golden Monkey beer back on draft into bed. So let's, you know, let's all band together, tweet at Disney. Let's get that beer, uh, you know, back in the rotation where it belongs. Because um, it's a fantastic beer. It happens to be the favorite beer of... Uh, one of my good friends and a good friend of the show, the Southpaw Outlaw, Serena De Jesus. You guys know who has been uh, on the show many a time. Mark says, get your shit together, Disney. I agree. Especially because I was so looking forward to it because I hadn't been drinking a lot of beer lately. Just for, 
you know, calorie intake reasons. I've been sticking to hard liquor. I don't know what's healthier. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just a guy who drinks and talks about uh, fist fighting. But um, yeah, so I, of course I'm looking forward to this beer. Like, oh, I'm, I'm actually going to have a beer. They have that golden monkey. And then the disappointment just ruined ruined my whole Disney experience. <laughs> it made it so not magical. Um, the, the only thing that made up for it is they do like a, they have like a lake and they do like this kite show where they have these guys on jet skis uh, flying kites. So one guy's driving the jet ski, another guy's sitting backwards on the jet ski, uh, maneuvering these kites. And they're all uh, characters from the Jungle Book. And uh, they're, they're giant kites, like Macy's Parade balloon-sized kites. And uh, the Baloo, which is the bear character from the Jungle Book, the, the guy dropped the rope and the bear went flying and then crash landed in the lake on his back. Oh, it was pretty unbearable. <laughs> he barely survived. He just had to get his bearings. All right, I'm done. Um, so that was cool. At least that, you know, brought a little bit of joy because I, you know, I love a good train wreck every now and then. But yeah, other than that, um, Disney's cool. You know, my daughter loves all the rides and, and she gets so excited. And then, um, you know, they do the character parades and she waves at the characters and she was um they don't let you near the characters anymore they used to do like the meet and greets but now they have them passing by in like boats and they have them on uh, parade floats or they have them like up on a balcony my daughter was like dancing while M Minnie mouse was up on a balcony dancing so it's cool you know mushy parent stuff and i'm sure a lot of you uh don't really care to hear about but that's what i feel like talking about you know why because Mixed martial arts is depressing me lately with all the news going on. I was so disheartened to see the news this morning that Chuck Liddell had been arrested for domestic battery. All right. John Jones is one thing. We know John Jones is a fuck up. We, we come to expect these things from him. Chuck Liddell is an icon, a legend of mixed martial arts. You know, people even turned a blind eye when he took that fight with Tito Ortiz and got knocked out. We were willing to look past that because we love Chuck so much. Uh, I almost didn't want to speak on this because there weren't a lot of details. It was like the middle of the night, you know, he gets arrested in, in LA, gets put in prison. And, you know, of course, every... MMA media outlet is reacting right away to, to get the clicks or whatever it is they do, whatever their priorities are. And then, you know, we don't really know what happened. You know, domestic battery is one of those things that it could be, you know, as bad as the things John Jones did and, and didn't get charged. It could be worse. It could be, you know, he slapped his wife's phone out of her hands or something. Not that that is 
acceptable behavior, but you know, I'm just saying there's a spectrum to it. I was a little bit relieved to see that Chuck was released on bond and released a statement. So I'll go ahead and I'll try to paraphrase it for you guys. Um, Los Angeles Sheriff Department deputies who responded were very professional. Uh, the information about this case will be revealed in due course. So, of course, Chuck is is working with with a publicist or a, a PR specialist here uh, who crafted this statement for him. And basically, the long and short of the post is that he was the victim. His wife was was kind of beating on him a little bit. And then the cop showed up and he volunteered to go to jail that night in, in her place. So basically they needed to be separated. They had some issues going on. She was hitting Chuck and Chuck said, listen, let her stay, take me. And, you know, we'll sort this out later. We have some issues. I've been trying to keep private. And, you know, they made their way into the public. Obviously, you know, Chuck Liddell goes to jail. All the media outlets are going to pick it up. And, and that's why I wanted to wait until there was more information. Now, he doesn't give a whole lot of information. Of course, you know, it's a free country. He could just come out on his Instagram and say whatever he wants. But I would imagine he's not going to say things like this unless it's grounded in some kind of reality. So, I I hope that this is true because, you know, make all the jokes you want about Chuck Liddell's chin. I would rather hear about him, you know, taking a few licks from his wife than, than hear about him uh, putting his hands on her. Um, so hopefully this works out for Chuck because... You know, like I said, you come to expect this kind of behavior from John Jones. Um, but, you know, Chuck Liddell has always been one of the good guys. You know, he's one of the guys who who got me more invested in MMA. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you who are who have been hardcore fans for a long time or or even recently became hardcore fans are aware of Chuck Liddell. You probably watched his fights. Um, he, you know, his his trilogy fights with uh, Randy Couture and, you know, his title run in the UFC and his, his knockout power and his fight style, his reverse wrestling. Um, you know, the dude's just a legend. He's a hall of famer for a reason. Um, and of course, everybody's quick to jump on him and, you know, quick to say, you know, keep the same energy. If you're, if you're talking about John Jones, keep the same energy with Chuck Liddell. And I totally agree. You know, but but we have to know what happened first. You know, I I waited to pounce on John Jones until the details came out where that his fiance was bloodied up and that, uh, you know, he was hitting her in front of the kids and the kids asked the security guard to call the cops. That's when I came with the aggressive energy towards John Jones. You know, not when I saw the headlines that that he had been arrested. Um and that he headbutt the police car and was threatening the police officers and all that other nonsense. Uh, it seems like Chuck's situation is completely different. I hope it is. Um, and it, Hey, if it does turn out that he wasn't doing the right things and he did put his hand on his wife, 
and that gets confirmed, I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be one of the first to jump on them for that, for that behavior. Um, that's not something I believe in. Uh, that's that, uh, you know, a professional fighter should be doing, um, any, any man in general should not be putting their hands on their wife. Um, but especially a professionally trained fighter, uh, you know, you should be able, even if somebody's attacking, you should be able to restrain them. And it seems like that's kind of what happened here with Chuck and his wife. Um, I'll leave it at that for now because that's all we know. Um, you know, Chuck says that he went to jail in her place. I haven't seen a statement from his wife as of yet, but uh, it seems like there are some domestic issues going on. And I hope, you know, they're able to sort them out, but it looks like there's going to be some litigation and, uh, you know, that's a, a very personal matter and it sucks that, uh, you know, his name is dragged through the mud if he's not, you know, guilty of doing anything because people are always quick to uh, pass judgment on these sorts of things. And yeah, so that's that. And then Luis Pena, while we're on the topic of domestic battery, Luis Pena hit his girlfriend again. Um, the report, this report was really disturbing. He hit her with a closed fist multiple times, knocked her to the ground, and then continued to hit her. And then I guess some lady saw this happening. I guess it was happening in public. And uh, she tried to break it up or get him to stop hitting her. And he turned around and hit this lady with a closed fist in the eye, causing a purple contusion in her eye, causing it to swell up. I just, I don't, I don't understand, man. I mean, there's just, there's just certain things that really bug me and and certain things that you shouldn't do and certain ways you shouldn't be behaving um i get that everybody has demons uh mental health issues and things like that uh I, i've been around martial arts for a long time and it, you know the reality of it is there's there's not too many people that that take an interest in martial arts that aren't damaged in some way or another uh, mentally. You know, there's just, it takes a certain kind of person to want to do this. And for some people, it helps them get on the right track mentally. You know, it, it instills discipline. Uh, it makes people humble. Um, and for other people, for whatever the reason, it has the opposite effect. It gives them like this sense of entitlement and um you know it it inflates their ego somehow and and makes them do stupid things and uh it, it's just it's just disgusting man uh you know reading this police report Luis Peña who you know is like 9 and 3 in the UFC and he's just like hitting a hitting a girl with a closed fist and and then punches a woman in the eye and, and damages her eye socket for trying to stop him. Um, 
you know, maybe if another woman is trying to get you to stop hitting your girlfriend, like maybe you're the one doing something wrong. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but, um, yeah, I guess I, I'm not giving Chuck Liddell a pass yet until we have all the information, but I guess the piece of shit award of the week has to go to Luis Pena. you know, if we're giving out awards for this kind of thing. Um, and, and this isn't even the first time. So two, two charges of, of battery, one against his girlfriend and one against the lady who tried to break up the fight. Uh, and that's on top of back in June, I think it was, he had another spat with the girlfriend where he like stole her phone and, and hit her and, she filed an affidavit to have the charges dropped against him. And, you know, I guess getting away with it once uh, didn't help him learn his lesson. So, um, it, you know, hopefully justice is served on this one and, and he's, he's put in prison where, you know, the UFC skills uh, won't do you much good in there. Um, so have fun in jail. Um, in any case, let's talk about some happier things, shall we? I'm sitting here and it's Monday night, you know, I usually do the show on Sunday as a lot of, you know, I'm sitting here not drinking alcohol, but I do have this bottle that I would recommend to you guys. It's maker's mark cask strength. Um, so cask strength basically means, you know, it comes right out of the barrel and they bottle it at whatever proof it, it comes out at uh, instead of, you know, watering it down or, or anything like that. So the, uh, the proof varies on these bottles. This is batch number 20-5, and the proof is 108.7, so 54.35% alcohol by volume. So it's a strong pour. Um, Maker's Mark is a brand that I always kind of dismissed. I guess I thought like, you know, the wax bottle top was kind of gimmicky and, um, you know, it was a bit overrated and the regular Maker's Mark, you know, I could take it or leave it, but this cask strength, um, is a really nice pour. Uh, it doesn't drink like over a hundred proof for sure. It doesn't have that heat to it. Uh, it has that corn sweetness to it. And it's a weeded bourbon, so similar to like a Buffalo Trace. Um, if you're a fan of like Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, things like that, uh, you would probably enjoy the the Maker's Mark Cast Strength. And it's a pretty cheap bottle too. I got this on sale at Publix for like thirty something bucks. So for thirty something dollars, you get over a hundred proof. So if you want to have a night where you, you know, you're just sipping on a nice bourbon, that'll, that'll give you a little bit of a buzz. Um, then, uh, you know, Maker's Mark cast strength. I highly recommend it. You know, if that's your kind of flavor profile, the Buffalo Trace Eagle Rare kind of thing. Uh, anyway, I'm still like, I'm still like bummed out about all this, uh, domestic battery news like it as a sport we've come so far you know from being called neanderthals and human cockfighting and all this stuff and we've had setbacks before like war machine uh 
you may remember stabbing his girlfriend um and he's in jail now luckily um but you know every time something like this happens it, it hurts all of us um because you know we're trying to get this to be a respectable sport you want fighters to be paid more and respected at, like athletes and other sports not that not that athletes and other sports are very noble of course there's a lot of criminals in the nfl and elsewhere probably the pga um i don't know in any case mark wants to know about the new channel so uh, the new Whiskey Channel is coming along. I have a bunch of ex episodes stockpiled, but I'm still waiting on my artistic director, and I'll throw her under the bus. It's my wife, uh, to put my logo together just so I can have the logos in all the videos like I do here. There it is. For those of you listening audio only, I'm trying to point to my logo on YouTube. Um so I'm just waiting for that to come together. Bruce wants to know if Dumont versus Aspen Ladd is the worst main event ever. We'll get to that pretty soon. Uh, let me address first this past weekend's fight. And if you guys missed the top of the show, I admitted that I did not catch a lot of this card. Um, I, I caught the main event. And uh, a few takeaways. One, Marina Rodriguez, you know, looked good. She she outpointed Mackenzie Dern. She didn't seem threatened on the ground with her. Um, you know, obviously outclassed her with the striking. In in defense of Mackenzie, like she obviously has a lot of things to to work on. She's got to close the gap with the striking, especially in a division that's full of great strikers, you know, Carla Esparza is the only like really fierce grappler I can think of Rose Nami Yunus as well. But for the most part, you've got a ton of grappler, a uh, ton of strikers in this division. So she's got to close the gap a little bit. And then she's got to work on her offensive wrestling, man. She has such an advantage in the jujitsu department, but she's got to be able to get it to the ground. Um, so closing the gap in the striking will help with that because she'll be able to close the distance. And she's so far ahead uh, of a lot of these girls in the grappling department. Um, if she's able to get it to the ground, it's almost like not even fair um, if she's able to, uh, <clears throat> you know, if she's able to, to do that. And, and she's only 28. And uh, she's been working with Jason Perillo for only a short amount of time. So I imagine he's probably the best coach for her to be with uh, in terms of like closing these gaps and just kind of making her a complete mixed martial artist. Because in the beginning it was just, she would just swing wild shit and, and make girls take her down and then submit them. Uh, but that's not going to work at the top level. Um, but I will say this she went the distance with a far better striker and, you know, hung in there and didn't get finished. So that says a lot. Uh, only 28 years old. Obviously she's a world-class talent. Will she be able to close the gaps close enough to make a title run? I don't know. That depends. Um, you know, does she plan on having another child? 
that's going to make a difference. Obviously, she's gotten the weight issue under control, so that's good. She looked in great shape. Um, I, I think the next, you, you know, I, I think don't give her a high-level striker next. You know, give her somebody. Um, I would say Carla Esparza, but Carla is, like, too close to a title shot for uh, for this. I would say... Uh, you know, I would give her, try to give her somebody that's going to exchange in the grappling a little bit. Uh, as for Rodriguez, um, I, I think the next thing that makes sense is a fight with Ioani on Jacek, but I don't know what's going on with her. Uh, she seems to be like radio silent. So I don't know if she's looking to get back in there or if she's on a hiatus or, you know, she had setbacks from COVID. I don't know what the deal is with Ioana. Uh, if anybody knows, please feel free to uh, fill me in. Randy Brown looked good against uh, Jared Gooden. Um, you know, he's really starting to come into his own as a mixed martial artist and, uh, you know, was very upset that Jared Gooden missed weight by a good four pounds. Um, didn't seem to have any problem getting to the scale, so I guess he didn't drain himself too much. Um, a lot of outcry from the MMA community about this. Uh, Gilbert Burns was speaking out about it. My buddy Matt Temple sent me a quote from Gilbert Burns saying that it should be a percentage of your purse for every pound. Um, so maybe that'll motivate people to lose the weight a little bit more. I don't know, possible. Like at this point, if you've ever cut weight before, it's, it's miserable. Um, like it sucks. And if you didn't prepare properly, going into the actual cutting of the water weight in terms of, you know, dieting down and bringing your weight down to a reasonable number before you start cutting the water. You know, if you're in that sauna and somebody says, Hey, if you just give up 20% of your money, this, this will all go away, all this suffering and you'll be done right now. Um, you know, a lot of people take that offer. Like oh, I'll give you 20% and you know, I can rehydrate and, and recover easier if I don't cut these last four pounds and I'll have a better chance in the fight and I'll have a better chance of getting my win bonus. I'll take that deal. You know, Dominic Cruz calls it sanctioned cheating. I tend to agree with that sentiment. Uh, they need to find out something else. Like there needs to be a punishment within the fight. Uh, I like the idea of for every pound, it's a percentage. So it's 10% if you miss by a pound, 20% if you miss by two, so on and so forth. So at least people will try to get a little closer so they're not you know, losing more money. But I think it should also be a point deducted in the fight. Um, I don't know if there's a way to make that happen, but you know, I, I think that would be a little bit more motivation. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Um, they kind of fixed it in wrestling when they went to day of weigh-ins because, you know, you don't have enough time to rehydrate and that would be just be way too dangerous for MMA because you know, your brain is the last thing to rehydrate. So if you're, if somebody cuts weight, weighs in in the morning and then fights at night, their brain's not going to be hydrated enough to withstand impact. You know, it's already dangerous enough doing it within 24 hours or sometimes 36 hours, depending on which uh, athletic commission. But um, yeah, it's not, it's not safe. So 
we got to figure it out. So we'll keep talking about it. Uh, Mateus Nicolau, a uh, unanimous decision over Tim Elliott. From what I hear, that was a pretty close fight. Uh, Maria Agipova submits Sabina Mezzo in the third round. That sounds like a good one. Uh, I did watch the Chris Gutierrez and Felipe Diaz Calares fight. Um, you know, that was good. It was back and forth. Gutierrez getting a split decision. I didn't watch it close enough to have an opinion on who should have won. Um, and yeah, that's it for this card. Uh, sorry guys. I didn't, uh, pay too close attention to this one because I was spending time in the most magical place on earth looking for golden monkey beer to no avail. Um, all right, let's get to the, the main event that everybody's looking forward to shitting on. Uh, <laughs> Aspen Ladd against Norman Dumont. So Aspen Ladd, again last week, was supposed to fight, or two weeks ago, was supposed to fight and then basically almost passed out on the scale and the, the commission wouldn't let her fight. Uh, a lot of people would say, like, well, you get a punisher for this, like, make her move up and wait. So she moves up and wait, but then they put her in a main event. And people are like, wait a second. You're punishing her, making her move up and wait, but then you're giving her a main event. Look, there's there's nobody else. There's nobody in this weight class. So she's moving up to a weight class. There's nobody in it. Um, does Norma Dumont deserve to have that main event slot taken away from her? You know, it's not her fault that Holly Holm pulled out uh, on a week's notice. Um, you know, she was getting her first UFC uh, main event. So, you know, whether she deserved it or not, like she was in that spot. Does she deserve to have it taken away? No. And then I couldn't even tell you who Aspen Ladd's opponent was supposed to be in that last fight. And I thought, like, well, maybe give it to her. But then I realized that this is up a weight class. So, look, I think the, the way to make it fair is whoever Aspen Ladd was supposed to fight a week or two ago, you know, feel free to let me know that name if anybody knows. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, you know, she should have been given her show money and the win money, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, give Aspen Lad this opportunity to <laughs> – Bruce says, I challenge you to name a worse main event. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not – it's not great, man. I mean, <laughs> it's – I I always try to keep – I always try to keep things positive. This is going to be, like, one of the most negative episodes of this show. Uh Probably ever. Uh, so Norma Dumont, all right. She's got a knockout loss to Megan Anderson, but then she comes back, beats Ashley Evans-Smith and Felicia Spencer back-to-back. -back. Um, you know, she's pretty much fought the entire division besides Amanda Nunez. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, I, I think... And this is just me snowballing a theory here. They want to put like, all right, we only have a handful of 145 pounders. Let's put them in a main event 
and see how the numbers do. And um, that will kind of go into the decision of keeping this division around. That's my theory. So, yeah, it's not a great main event, but from a business perspective, they're like, hey, we don't have a lot going on this week. Let's just, you know, let's just put this out there, see how it does. If nobody watches it or nobody cares or they don't put on a good show, then we'll use this as a reason to, um, you know, kind of cut this division. And that, that might be the sad reality of it. Um, you also have like, you also have the problem of Amanda Nunez. Like, what do you do? She's cleared out two divisions. So if you put 245 pounders in a main event and it happens to be a great fight, which it's possible, you know, if one of these ladies puts on a great performance and calls out Amanda Nunez after a main event victory, then, um, you know, maybe you're saving the division and maybe you're giving Amanda Nunez something to do. Um, you know, do you really want to, do you think she deserves to be deprived of competition? Because at this point, there's nobody to put in front of her. So you have to have somebody make a statement in order to earn the chance to fight Amanda Nunez. So if you hate this main event, then you really hate, Amanda Nunez. Think about that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. I'm I know I'm grabbing at straws here, but um, you know, do, take that information and do with it what you will. Um, co-main event, Andre Arlovsky, man, still chugging along. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is the guy. You know, talking about Chuck Liddell earlier, uh, you know, when when Chuck Liddell wasn't able to fight all the time, Arlovsky was kind of the guy that stepped up like, oh, we got this scary dude from Belarus and he's got, you know, fangs on his mouth guard. Like, this could be the next big star. He's like nasty everywhere. He's got the Sambo background. He's got the grappling. Um. I'm just take a look at this. Nunez should retire because the fans don't care about her anyway. Never been a pay-per-view seller, sad but true. Not a needle mover. It is sad, and uh, you know it. It is pretty true. Um, you know nobody's nobody's really paying to see her fight, and that's unfortunate. I mean, she's one of the most dominant combat athletes on the planet, and um, you know doesn't get the shine for it. It's a shame. Uh, so maybe we as an MMA community need this card to go well on Saturday night so that a contender arises to uh, get Amanda Nunez some notoriety. So Arlovsky, uh, old school veteran, uh, getting in there with Carlos Philippe, um, 11 and 1. And, man, it seems like every time you think Andre Arlovsky's done, you know, he comes back and surprises you and takes out, you know, one of these up and comers that they're trying to uh, build a name off of. Um, now, if you look at his record, it looks like a strand of Christmas lights. Um, there was a span back in 2016, 2017, 
where it was five losses in a row. And you're like, all right, Arlovsky's done. And then they put him in there with Junior Albini. You guys remember Junior Albini came and fought in that, that Reebok diaper? They put him in there with him, and Arlovsky beats him. Then he beats Stefan Struve. Then he loses two. No contest uh, with Walt Harris. Then a loss to Augusto Sakai. Like, all right, let's bring Ben Rothwell back. And maybe Ben Rothwell can have a comeback. And Arlovsky beats him. Uh, and then, you know, a couple of other newcomers, Philippe Lenz and uh, Tanner Bozer, um, you know, young guys coming up in the heavyweight division. When I say young guys in the heavyweight division, they're probably like 34, 35, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, and then the loss to Tom Aspinall, and then he beat Chase Sherman in his last fight. Like, you never know what you're going to get with Arlovsky. Um, you guys might not even be able to read my screen right now. i got to make it a little bigger. Maybe it's just my old age where it looks too small. So let's look at uh, Philippe Lenz. So his only loss is Sergei Spivak, and that was a majority decision. So that means one judge saw it a draw, and two judges gave it to Spivak. After that, three-fight win streak, but they were all decisions, and they were all pretty close. Two split decisions and a unanimous decision over Jorgen DeCastro. So, uh, you know, that one could be a fun fight. Uh, am I, like, really looking forward to it? Not necessarily, but I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying here. Uh, Jim Miller. Um I think most UFC fights of anybody getting back in there with Eric Gonzalez, I, I'll never not watch a Jim Miller fight. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Jim Miller is just like one of the toughest, one of the toughest dudes. Um, one of the toughest dudes ever. I mean, he got Lyme disease and like didn't know it and just kept fighting and was like tired all the time. Uh, and didn't know and then he got diagnosed with the Lyme disease and and then you know turned his diet around and got on some medication and then started winning fights again uh so much respect for that dude uh Bruce says that I'm a glass half full kind of guy and he respects that because he's a glass half empty yeah Bruce if there's anything in my glass I'm pretty happy and there's there's not anything in my glass right now my glass is completely empty i just have this bottle of whiskey sitting next to me all i have is some water and the glass is half full by the way not for long though thirsty it's tough without jeff to keep talking my throat gets dry mark says this card is driving me to drink but um that's what every card does for you mark and and me as well which is why we're all here together <laughs> uh Let's see, skip around a little bit here. Julian Marquez has been pretty fun to watch lately, getting in there with Jordan Wright. So that should be a, a fun fight. Andrew Sanchez and Bruno Silva. That one could go, you know, one of two ways. Really exciting or really dull. <sighs> Ramazan Ameev and Danny Roberts. I think that'll be an exciting fight. And... I'm not willing to vouch for anything else on here. That's about it. It's exciting though, guys, because the future 
of the featherweight division could rest on the shoulders of this main event this weekend. Aspen Ladd and Norman Dumont could determine whether the UFC keeps a women's featherweight division. You know, if my if my theory is uh my theory is correct, and Bruce says that uh, Luke Rockhold pulled out of his fight, so that's um that's disheartening news. Herniated disc, aka was stupid and overtrained. Um, yeah, I mean that that gym does have a history of uh of going pretty hard and train sparring hard and guys getting concussions and getting injuries and, and Rockhold himself has a history of, of injuries. So that's a shame. I was looking forward to, to Luke Rockhold coming back. So it's a bummer that, uh, that he's injured. Um, let's see anything else interesting going on. Yeah. I'm going to watch this card. I I'm, Nothing better to do. I don't watch any other sports, so I'm tuning in. I mean, you never know. This could be there could be some hidden gems in here. Like sometimes the the fighters on cards like this, you know, they feel like they have something to prove and they get out there and and put on a show. Um it's gonna be interesting to see like where is the it's at the apex. So it would it would have been more interesting if it was in front of fans to see like, you know, after the Orlovsky fight, does the arena clear out? You know, but um, I guess we're not gonna know. It's gonna be uh, the the audience for this main event might be the same whether it was at the apex or whether <laughs> there were there were fans. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna watch and I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it. And if not, I'm going to enjoy some maker's mark or cast strength or whatever else it is that I happen to be pouring come Saturday night. Um, yeah, I guess shorter episode this week. I uh, didn't have a whole lot for you. I couldn't get a hold of Jeff to jump on because I kind of did this uh, last minute, got home from the gym and, and realized I should uh, put an episode out. So, um, Man, I try my best to be positive for you guys, but uh, one thing I am positive of is that you can get some MMA on the Rocks merchandise from our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. It's M-M-A-R-O-C-K-S-1-0 for those of you who are challenged in the spelling department. Uh, save yourself 10% on your whole order. Um. And, you know, that includes our merchandise, T-shirts, hoodies, and tank tops. Um, I, I still don't have one of my own hoodies. I should probably, should probably reach out and get one of those. Although, it's like, I don't see much use for hoodies It's because I live in Florida. So, there's only like eight days a year where I feel like I need a sweatshirt. Although, this morning, I got in my car, started my car, getting ready to drive to work, and I put the air conditioning on um just out of habit and i was like oh i don't need this because it's like 70 something degrees so that's nice we're on uh we're on our way to actual fall weather which is going to be awesome 
uh, my favorite time of year in Florida, like when everybody else is getting snowed on and, uh, you know, we're just kind of hanging out with 70 degrees and no mosquitoes. It's a beautiful thing. Um, let's see. That's pretty much it, folks. So we got merchandise. Uh, if you want to bug Jeff the Animal Wilson, you can do so at Animal underscore Wilson, Twitter and Instagram. And um, yeah, sorry for for being such a bummer today, talking about domestic battery and like trying to put a positive spin on this upcoming card and also talking about the fights that I didn't watch. Um, but I appreciate you guys if you stuck it out to the end. Um, uh, I appreciate it. Even if you didn't stick it out to the end, I appreciate everybody. That's all I got. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Bye.